Hi, Rav Judy here with Baba Bacho, Paraktet, Mishnah Zion. Mishnah Zion continues with the theme of deathbed, last will and testaments, and uh, and giving over of property, um, but it gets a little bit uh, spicy here in the middle. So what happens? We start off with actually a disagreement, and the beginning is not going to sound like anything we've said until now, because Rabbi Eliezer, who's being quoted, disagrees. Here we go. Machalik nechasev al If a person is giving away their property... Uh, Orally, you know, I'll give this to you, I'll give this to you, declaring who will get what. Whether healthy or even sick, meaning even somebody on their deathbed. Real estate has to be transferred in the manner in which real estate is actually acquired, namely by giving over money through a document or with chazaka. Chazaka meaning that you take control of the land, you build a fence around it, move things around, change it, uh, lock up a, uh, a fence, etc. But you show that it's yours. And movable property is only acquired by moving it. Meaning that according to Rabbi Eliezer, we don't care that a person is on their deathbed. There's no special allowances in order to transfer property of a real estate, of, of a real sort, or of a movable sort. One has to actually go through the usual processes that one uses to transfer these things. And it doesn't matter that a person is ill or they're healthy. It's full regular tra- uh, transaction. That's the only way. Now, the, uh, the rabbis disagree. Right, Rabbi Lazar is, uh, is is um, is 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 not the only position here. The, the primary position is that which we have seen before in the last Mishnah uh, and prior concepts. That in fact a shchiv is treated a little bit differently. Amrulo. So the rabbi said back, the Chachaman said back to Rabbi Lezer, I can prove to you that we clearly allow for, for deathbed handovers verbally and, and transfers of property. How so? Because there was a case. Masa bi'iman shel b'nei rochel, shahita cholav amar tnuk vinati libiti vihishnema sarmane vameta vikimu etavaraha. Aha, say the rabbis. There was a case. There was a woman who was the mother of the sons of Rochel. This is not Rachel, like the woman's name. This is Rochel, a guy's name. So the mother of the sons of Rochel, apparently Rochel was already deceased, and and uh, their mother died. But before she died, when she was ill, she said, give my kvina to my daughter. Every daughter should have such a kvina. A, uh, a kvina is a veil. But apparently it was a 12 mana veil. That's 12, 1,200 zoos veil. It's quite expensive. So it's a, it's a lovely kvina to give your daughter. So she said, I want to give my kvina to my daughter. And when she died, they followed what she said. Now, if Rebbe Lazar was right and there was no and there needed to be a transaction, the, the daughter needed to actually pick up the veil, etc., had to be gifted to her, then she wouldn't have received it. And yet, the practice was that they gave it to the daughter. And so it must be that Rabbi Lazar is wrong and that deathbed uh, appointments of property really matter. Armelahan, Rabbi Lazar gets a little, uh, you know, pushes back a little bit here and says, B'nei Rochel tikvere niman. He says, what are you talking about? The B'nei Rochel were such wicked people, God forbid, but it says their mother should have buried them, meaning they were they were wicked people. And that the fact that this property was given to their sister instead of to them was the rabbi's way, he, he, he claims, of punishing them for being who they were. And so uh, he says, don't learn anything from that. That's not really a case that shows anything. So it says here, the Chachamim, and it's interesting because it's going to sound a little bit not like the Chachamim. Some say this might actually, the text might properly be Rabbi Eliezer, but okay. Chachamim say, well, on Shabbos, for sure, a person's deathbed testimonies, and, and, and not testimonies, but given 
giving over property, uh, testaments, uh, count because they can't write them down. But, because they can't write them down, so since they can't write them down, we'll, we'll trust them then. Of a lobachol, maybe, maybe not during the week. So this question where that was really where we was, or whether that's the chachamim hedging of it. Rabbi Yeshua takes it further. Rabbi Yeshua, Omer Bashabas, Amru Kavachomer Bachol. Yeshua says, what are you talking about? If on Shabbos you could do it, all the more so you could do it during the week. Why all the more so? So it's a principle, uh, in, from the Gemara Menachot. It comes out throughout Shas in different places. The principle has to do with mixing flour into oil. The bottom line is, it teaches that if something could have been done, the fact that it wasn't done doesn't really matter. As long as it could have been done, then legally it's, it's, it can be valid. I'll give you an example of this. Is uh, An Eruv is constructed effectively by creating what is a, a, a fenced-in area, an enclosed area. However, it could have a door. Ah, but the door is wide open, so it's not really an enclosed area. Ah, but it could be closed. That's maybe one example. There are other more technical examples I could give you, but not for right now. But the idea is that uh, that, on sh- uh, that it, since he, uh, he he's shown that in principle, handing over by deathbed testament is effective. So even if you could write, that's still okay. We've shown that it's an effective, effective mode of transference of property. Similarly, similarly, we say that you can you can acquire something on behalf of a child because a child doesn't have the power of acquisition, but you can't do it for an adult because an adult can go get it themselves. But Rabbi Yeshua Omer Lekaten Amru Kalvachomer. Are you kidding? If you can acquire something on behalf of a child, all the more so you can acquire it on behalf of an adult.